Episode 142, Charles Reed, President and CEO of Get Payroll. Well, my favorite mistake now is hubris. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes, but what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth, and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. For links with more information, a video, transcript, and more, look in the show notes, look for links there, or go to markgraven.com slash mistake142. As always, thanks for listening. Here's an episode that was recorded last year, 2021, after tax season. So any references to being past tax season are due to that. Thanks for listening. Well, hi, welcome to My Favorite Mistake. I'm Mark Raven, and our guest today is Charles Reed. He's the president and CEO of a company called Get Payroll. Charles is an accomplished senior executive and entrepreneur with more than 50 years of financial leadership experience in a broad range of industries as well as being a licensed CPA. Um, So before I tell you more about Charles, um, let me welcome you to the show. And before we started recording, he he promised to not be as dry as other CPAs, right? Mark, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I'm glad you're here. And I apologize to other CPAs who are listening, but I guess Charles can say that as well, right? I I go to conventions with him, believe me. So let me tell you a little bit more about Charles before we get into things. Um, He's a decorated United States Marine Corps Sergeant. He was a combat veteran of the Vietnam War. And while in the service, he was trained by IBM as a computer programmer and later a systems engineer. He has a, a BBA and an MBA from the University of North Texas. And he's the author of books, including The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Businesses, and startups. And, and Charles, for those who are watching on video, you can see both of us holding uh, the book up. And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more and make sure there's a link in the show notes. Charles, I'm going to confess, so maybe this, this sets the tone for an episode where we talk freely about mistakes before we we hear your mistake. I made this, I made this mistake once. And those of us without military service, I think we learn not to repeat this. But I was in graduate school and my internship. Uh, manager, I made the mistake of referring, it was the Marine Corps birthday. And so there was a celebration and I made the mistake of referring to him as a former Marine. And I was <laughs> politely slapped on the wrist for the benefit and education of others. Why, why, why do we not say that, Charles? Once a Marine, always a Marine. I'm just not on an active duty. That's all. So, I'm a Marine. Yes. If, if they call me today, I'll pack up and go. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service, Charles. And um, I, I, I've learned not to repeat that mistake with you here today, or I think with uh, with anyone else. So um, let's talk about your career, Charles, and, and the things that you've done. Looking back, what would you say is your favorite mistake? Well, my favorite mistake now is hubris. When I started this business, uh, you know, I I thought I knew everything, okay, <laughs> and I thought I could make it grow. 
and I did a little bit, and it did all right. It was making okay. And then I really determined that I could afford to hire some marketing people. And I realize now with marketing staff on hand that personally, I can't market my way out of a paper bag. I'm terrible at it. I'm a great bean counter. I'm a nice guy. I'm a good tax man. I love to fight, I love to fight with the IRS, but I can't market my way out of a paper bag. And so with Anosh and Pete and Michael, we're doing things that I could only imagine before. So my mistake was not surrounding myself in that area with people better at it than me. And I've now done that. And I am tickled pink with the results. Still not as fast as I'd like, but a lot faster than it was going in terms of growth and, and sales and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've uh, I've started hiring on marketing people here about uh, three, four years ago. Anash is my third one, and he's the best by far. Uh, he hired Michael, my videographer, who set up all this stuff and does all our commercials and our, our, our YouTube videos and uh, our educational videos and our video blogs, because that's the world these days. And uh, Nash and he handle our own social media, uh, our YouTube channel, et cetera. Uh, Pete is, is our salesperson. And the three of them uh, do... 50 times what I could have done. So that, that to me is, is, is a learning experience. And it's now a mistake that I'm happy I've corrected. So how did you learn? How did you recognize that that was a mistake? I mean, what was happening when you were trying to do marketing without that team? Well, I did things and I had blogs and videos and other things, but we'd grown enough to get to the point I said, let me take that hat off and and put it on somebody else. And the results were just boom. Even with my first one, it was so much better than I'd been doing and and so much more effective. Uh, The the, the cost benefit was was overwhelming. And I said, wow. And uh, uh, he moved on and I brought in another one, a lady, and, and we did a lot of good things. And she decided to live with her friend in, in North Carolina after her divorce. So uh, I brought in Anosh uh, here about a year and a half ago, and it has just been gangbusters. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't tell you uh, how great it is to have a staff that, that can do what I thought I could do. <laughs> When, when you say, I mean, you, you say you couldn't market your way out of a paper bag. Was it a matter of you as president and CEO not having enough time or were you just doing things that were maybe ineffective or you thought it would, I, I, I'm just curious, like what led you to say, okay, I'm going to hire people. Suboptimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Some of them were, some of them didn't, uh, but I didn't have enough time. I thought I did. Uh, I thought I could do it on the cheap and do it myself. Just one more hat. You can see what wearing all those hats has done to me. Uh, so for, for those who are just listening, um, <laughs> Charles, is, he shaved his head. Oh, no, it's bald. Okay. I've been he, bald. He has no hair, I guess is the fact. Okay. I look like my father, so it's it's genetic. <laughs> but uh, 
So, yeah, I was trying to do it on the cheap. And it was suboptimal because I didn't have the knowledge uh, or the skill set or the experience or, or the insight into marketing. Uh, you know, CPAs tend to be numbers people, uh, tend to be analytical. Uh, you know, on, on my Briggs Meyer, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very much of an analytical leader, driver type, and uh, uh, not a glad handy, not, not creative in, in, in a marketing sense. And I didn't get it until I hired somebody that could do this. And we're constantly trying things, many of which we discard. Uh, but the ones that work, we, we obviously push. And, uh, you know, the book is part of the marketing. Um, this was something that I was suggested several years ago, and it took me several years to get it done. And it's been, it's been great. Uh, it's, it's now my business card. I keep a, a box of them in my trunk to hand out. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible what skilled people can do uh, that, that know what they're doing in their field and, and can bring to a business. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's stupid on my part. I'm in the outsource business, okay? I know I can't do everything. And I, I for other people, I, I out, they outsource their payroll to me and their taxes and have for years, for 30 years now. <laughs> Why I didn't realize that I needed to take that hat off and outsource it. Now I, I actually am using it. I have them in-house, but I outsource that skill set and, and those expertise. And, you know, the old V8 commercial, you know, I could have had a V8. I could have had marketing for 30 years. <laughs> you know, right, I right. wouldn't be Jeff Bezos, but I'd be a hell of a lot richer than I am. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, like, have you reflected on where that hubris, as you described it, came from? Did that hubris come from being successful in different aspects of life and business and, and thinking, well, here's something else I can be successful in that too? Or, or have you well, thought about that? I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. Um, I, I, I hit the, the, the lotto in my birth. My parents were very smart, both university graduates. Uh, and, and I inherited a lot of brains. Uh, you know, I didn't come by, I came by them honestly, but I didn't go out and seek them. They just, they came as part of the package. So I've always been the smartest kid in the class. Uh, and I succeed at what I do. Uh, I sat for the CPA exam and passed it the first sitting. I sat for the United States Tax Corps Practitioner uh, License and I passed it on the first sitting. Um, you know, my MBA, I, I did my, my BBA, my MBA in two and a half years. I was motivated um, after the Marine Corps. I've always been able to succeed. Uh, I succeeded in jobs I was at, but I did realize that I was never going to run a major corporation, that I didn't have the political skills. I didn't want them. I was unwilling to stab people in the back and toss them off the ladder. So uh, that's why I started my own business. And I thought I could succeed. And I did. I was not unsuccessful. Don't misunderstand. But I wasn't near as successful as I could have been. And that's the mistake I made. And it's just, you know, I think I'm smarter than, you know, the average bear and in, in marketing. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a certain expression of um, 
somebody has to be smart enough or educated enough to know what they don't know. Right. Right. And, and, and I've learned that it took me a while and mm-hmm. I've gotten better at it. But yeah, if you're smart enough to, to realize you don't know what you don't know and go find people that do and can help you, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, I've had good people on staff and in operations and in banking and, and this kind of thing. Um, my right-hand girl has been with me 23, 24 years now. Um, I've got one accountant that's been with me. Uh, God, I don't know how long, but her son, who was in you know a coal bucket carrier, when she came to work for me, he now has kids. So, you know, graduated from college, got married, now has two kids. So it's been a long time. So I've got had good people, but I didn't. I thought I could do some of the things, I, you know, tax, payroll, accounting. I'm a whiz. Um, I'm good at it. I'm just, I, I work at it. I understand it. Uh, it's in my wheelhouse. Marketing's not. And it was, it was a mistake not to bring in marketing people much earlier on. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll talk later about uh, fighting with the IRS. Um, I have not had to do that, thankfully, maybe partly because I've had a CPA for the last 10 years that I've had my own independent business to take care of my payroll to myself. I don't have a team, but by keeping me in compliance with the IRS, I think is a big part of what they do between accounting and, and payroll and the filings and things that would drive me nuts to try to figure out exactly. on my own. Not, you outsource it. I wouldn't enjoy it. Not worth my time. I probably wouldn't do it well. And the penalty, <laughs> the penalties could be more severe than having a marketing campaign that doesn't work, perhaps. Perhaps. I've seen it be very, very severe. I've seen them put businesses out of business. Mm-hmm. The IRS has no compassion. That's that's not their job, I guess. Nope. Uh, should they? I mean, should they have? Or it doesn't need to be by the books, cut and dry. I I, I think that they it, it comes and goes. The Congress tried to make for a kinder, gentler IRS. But, you know, most of us pay our taxes on time. And the people they deal with most of the time are not paying their taxes and not paying them on time. Their tax cheats, their scoff laws, uh, they've fallen on hard times and, and, and just won't do it, whatever. And they don't talk to the IRS. They hide from them. And so, you know, that's, that's tough work to collect from those people. And everybody should pay their fair share. But, yeah, there's times that I would prefer to them to, to go – Okay, we'll, we'll work with you. And sometimes they will. And there's the IRS is mostly good people. Don't misunderstand me. These 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 are mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters. They're like us. You know, you cut them, they bleed. Uh, so they're not uncaring. But it's like the police when you're dealing with crooks all day. You tend to treat treat everybody like a crook. So if you're dealing with tax cheats all the time. You tend to treat everybody like a tax cheat. And, and you know, that's human nature as well. So uh, they'll work with you in many cases, but sometimes they, they don't. And uh, it, it's hard for them to do so. And, you know, when you get to the collections area, uh, their job is to collect money. It's just like a, a collector for a business. Their, their job is not to determine if you owe it or not. Their job is to collect it. And they're hard to work with. 
But there are levels of appeals and people you can talk to and things you can do if you know what you're doing or hire an expert that can minimize this. The, the big deal is if you're climbing out of a hole, they'll work with you. If you're going deeper in the hole, they won't. They've got to see that you there, there's an end to this and, and that you're going to get out of that hole and you're going to get back into it. If they see, in their opinion, you're not going to, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll kill the business. They'll, put it, they'll, they'll, they'll stop everything to keep it from getting worse. Fair to say that it's better to avoid getting into a fight with the IRS than it is to fight them? It says, well, if the court acquit thee, twere better hadst thou never been tried. Yes. Yeah. Was that Shakespeare? Uh, Laws of the Navy. <laughs> Laws of the Navy. It's an old poem. Oh, okay. My father Poetry's was a naval not- officer. He had me memorize it as a kid. <laughs> Poetry's not my strong suit. Or mine. So, um, I mean, I don't want to come back to, to, to your story and what you do at Get Payroll a little bit, but since we're on the topic of the IRS, um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I, I heard a story on the news the other day. Um, some are saying the IRS in recent years um, has, has been really underfunded to the point that, let's say, 70% of phone calls coming in, I think it was roughly 70% of phone calls coming in are going unanswered. Is, 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 that, is that a mistake? Is that just... I mean, what, what, what do you think about those dynamics? There's a lot of things going on. The IRS, and I've been on the IRS Advisory uh, Council for the last three years, dealing with them at headquarters, working on problems and situations. And we've, we've talked about these exact things. Uh, and they're trying, in many cases, to automate this as much as possible to, to prevent that kind of lack of service. But yeah, sometimes I'll get on the phone and wait two hours to, to talk to somebody. Uh, they are, in their opinion, under-budgeted for what their job is to do. Um, but again, this is civil service. There is no profit motive. There is no uh, drive for management to, to make this a profitable operation. That's not what it is. It's a government entity. It's a bureaucracy. And so you have 100,000 people, 40% which are eligible for retirement over the next two years. Uh, It's not the most desirable place for a lot of people to work. I mean, you list all the places you want to work, where's the IRS fall on it? For most people, it's not at the top. Um, Some people it is, but not for most. It's civil service. Uh, A lot of these people have been there for many, many, many years. Uh, It's, you know, when when you're, you're, the cocktail party say, well, I work for the IRS. You kind of find yourself in a bubble and nobody wants to talk to you. So there's lots of problems. And Congress has not been uh, forthcoming with the funds that the IRS has requested, uh, though the current uh, administration is proposing another 87,000 employees, which almost doubles the workforce. Oh but gosh. that's, wow. you know, billions and hundreds of billions of dollars uh, that they're going to have to get through Congress to be able to, to hire those people. So, yeah, for the job they're doing, they don't have enough people, technology. Some of the technology, they've, they've tried to revise this to update the technology. Mm-hmm. But some of it, in some parts of it, goes back to the 1960s. Okay? Old IBM technology, perhaps. Ab- absolutely. Old IBM mainframes. So, 
yeah, th there's internal problems. They are working on them here a number of years ago. They, they did this whole technology thing. They spent at that point in time $5 billion and gave up because it just they couldn't get it done. Uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Reddick, uh, who's an outsider, he's a tax lawyer from San Diego, is the new commissioner uh, brought in by, by Donald Trump. And he's working very hard to change things and um, change the, the ethic uh, and, and make it more customer-centric, taxpayer-centric. He's working very hard at that. Uh, his wife is a, a Vietnamese immigrant, and his in-laws don't speak much English at all. So his ability to uh, have the IRS deal with the, the minority communities and the immigrant communities, he, he's very big on that. Um, so there's a lot of things going on that are, are trying to make this a better place. But uh, technology's behind, and once they get, if they ever get caught up on that, that'll help. Uh, more people would help, more budget would help. But it is a bureaucracy. It is a civil service government bureaucracy. And, uh, you know, we, we all out here in the, the real world know that profit motive drives us and uh, forces us to succeed or fail. And they don't have the same motive. So it's yeah. it's tough. Yeah. When people end up in a fight with the IRS, how often is that the result of the IRS making a mistake as opposed to the business <clears throat> owner, you know, maybe they end up in a fight because they've done something wrong. But what does the IRS make mistakes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I presume the they do. What kind, what kind of mistakes do they make? The, the IRS makes millions of mistakes. Again, we're talking 100,000 people in obsolete technology in many areas. Uh, part of the areas don't talk to the other areas. There's not the full integration there should be. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that happen, uh, and I get strange errors. Uh, I had a couple of clients that on the same day, they both got a notice saying they were due a refund of $7,500 on their 940 taxes each. Got them same day. Uh, between the two of them, they only owed $200. The IRS was trying to refund 15000 uh, Payments get misapplied, even electronically, which I do not understand, but it happens. Um, uh, things get put in the wrong quarter. Uh, a deposit gets doesn't get posted the right thing, and then all the other deposits get moved, so you now have a whole series of penalties. Uh, forms disappear. I had one client, it cost him several thousand dollars in the end, he put both tax returns in a single envelope. And they stapled them together and they're in the yeah, file someplace, right. but that second one didn't get posted and he can't prove that he sent it and the statute had expired. and He just had to pay it. He didn't have a choice at that point. It waited too long. So, um, and, and that's another thing that happens. If you don't respond to the IRS, time limits can run out. And some of these are, are statutory and they're fixed. And if you go past that period of time, you lose all your options. Your SOL. If you haven't filed a court case or, or an appeals properly by that date, you're out of luck. You just have to pay. You don't have a choice anymore. Uh, so those things happen. Yeah, there, there's the IRS makes millions of mistakes every year, uh, and a lot of them can be fixed. The IRS issued 13 billion dollars of employment tax penalties in fiscal 19. Over half of them got abated, reversed by people like me that know what they're doing because they were in error. 
next thing is, next next thing is the IRS cannot penalize you for a simple mistake, only for gross negligence. Mm. But of course, the IRS is the one who determines whether it's gross negligence. I was or just a wondering mistake sure, sure. until you get it to a court. Yeah. So and or and this is what I tell clients dealing with the IRS um, podcasts is that it's a whole series of no's followed by a single yes. So mm-hmm. you appeal, you appeal, you appeal, you appeal, you appeal. And if ever one IRS officer says to you, yeah, okay, we'll abate that. Say, thank you very much. Shut up and get the hell out of there. Yeah, Don't right, say anything right. else. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 you know, and these things happen. We, we, we get penalties abated all the time because they're either simple mistakes. Uh, they're, they're, there's an administrative reason. Uh, it's an IRS mistake that we correct. You know, we send copies of the forms. And, and with this last year, you know, at one point in time, the IRS had in excess of 15 million pieces of unopened mail piled up in trucks. I was talking to an IRS agent, uh, appeals officer in Salt Lake, uh, in Utah the other day in Ogden. And she drives by it because she has to go to the office once a week. She still works out of the house because of COVID. And there's trucks semi-trailers parked in the lot full of bags of mail that had not been opened. I've got returns from last July that haven't been processed. We're getting notices on returns we filed for second quarter of last year that are computer generated because they haven't opened the box where all the forms are yet. This is going on constantly. So that may not be a mistake as such, but I filed the return. I can prove I filed it. The IRS says we haven't processed it yet, so you, we assume you haven't done it, so you owe money. Come wow. on, people. Yeah. But if there's some sort of mistake and you end up having to fight it, that's money out of your pocket as the business owner. There's no um, compensation for that. Right? No. Now, if you, you look at me like, oh, that's such a naive question. <laughs> if, if you end up going to, to U.S. tax court or district court, and you substantially prevail, you can request your your representative's fees and get them. But that's the only case. So if, if I go to tax court for a client and I win, uh, substantially prevail, not just partially, but basically win the whole case, then the client or me acting for the client can file to have my fees paid. It doesn't happen automatically and it takes time, but, and they'll object to the fees level and so on. But he knows until you get a yes, maybe. And and that's because most of these people are attorneys and attorneys make the law. So attorneys Mm -hmm. make sure they get paid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you talk about some of the mistakes that taxpayers make, stapling something where it says do not staple or not, not writing your tax ID number. Not signing a check, maybe not signing it. Um, what, what are some other mistakes, you know, bigger mistakes, more systemic mistakes that entrepreneurs and small businesses make when it comes to payroll? Well, there's a couple of things Uh, in in terms of just administrative penalties, arithmetic mistakes, make sure your numbers are exactly right. That's the biggest problem the IRS has is they don't add up. The returns aren't right. The numbers aren't right. The next thing is you need to make all your deposits in full and make them on time. If you're two seconds late, there's a penalty. And that's just, you You better have a good reason. There better have been a hurricane, okay? <laughs> you, 
your forms, they all need to be filed and they all need to be filed on time. If you'll do those five things, you'll avoid most penalties. The next biggest thing that entrepreneurs make as a mistake is classification. Oh, I'll just pay them a check. They're an independent contractor. You don't get to choose if they're an independent contractor. There's a whole body of law that determines whether an independent contractor or an employee. And uh, if you don't follow that body of law, you may find yourself getting all this reclassified and then they want all the taxes that you should have withheld. They don't care if you paid it out. They still want them. Plus all the taxes you should have paid and interest and penalties on all that. And it can be huge. So if you're an entrepreneur, don't pay people under the table. If you're not sure whether they're independent contractors or employees, check with your CPA or a payroll expert, uh, you know, and find out for sure and pay them correctly. You know, what we charge to do payroll is, is, is a pittance compared to what the penalties are. 40% of small businesses get penalized every year for employment tax problems. Mm, 40%. Wow. wow. So if you didn't get penalized in 19 or 20, this is your year. <laughs> and it averages 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. So guys, it, it's, gals, it's, it's, it's do it right. Uh, don't, yeah. don't, don't try and cut corners with payroll because you're cutting corners with the IRS and the IRS doesn't like you to cut corners. <laughs> right. And don't make up your own version of the law. I guess ignorance of the law is never a defense in that. It's never a defense. Cases. It's, yeah. it's ignorance of the law is not a defense. Uh, oh, I didn't know I had to pay that. Well, it, it's in the law. Right. You know, all you had to do was look it up. All you had to do was go to the IRS website and start researching, ask a CPA, whatever. They, they don't, that's not an, ex, that's not a simple mistake. Right. Uh, a, a simple mistake is, you know, sending it to the wrong address, uh, which will get you a 10% penalty and you have to fight that. The first time you can get away with it. Second time you won't. Uh, there, right. There's all kinds of things. Um, yeah you know, hurricanes, uh, freezes, all kinds of things. They make allowances, things happen, right. Right. but uh, don't count on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think what this year, the winter storm that hit Texas and other, or the, the power outage and all yeah. that craziness yeah. you know, that, that led to a uh, kind of a blanket delay, right? Everything was, uh, my taxes aren't due yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not due until the 17th of June. I filed them, to get them out of the way. But yeah, I spent three days at the house without any heat. It got down to 42 degrees in the house and I'm embedded in the hillside. So, you know, there were, there were 75 people that died from the, from the cold right. or more. It was, right. it was, it was not a, I, I don't know what happened to global warming this February, but it wasn't in Texas. <laughs> There's a whole episode to be done with somebody about the mistakes that led to the power. Cause it wasn't even the cold, not to get too sidetracked on it. It wasn't even so much the cold, but it was the power grid problems and power yeah. failures and, Mistakes made and not maintaining or weatherizing. Not winterizing. There are things. It's a bunch yeah. of things. If you can, if you can, if you can get somebody from ERCOT on, it'd be interesting. <laughs> but they've all they've all resigned. Yeah, yeah. Probably they're. It'll take some time before someone might want to talk about some of that on a, a podcast. But I'm glad you've been willing to, Charles. And I just I wanted to come back to one other thing you mentioned earlier in your own work. Um, you, you've got this marketing team. And you just kind of made a statement. I want to come back to it. You said, well, you know, sometimes you try things and then you discard it. How do you view that um, as, you know, uh, 
mistakes, lessons learned. I mean, some some uh, mistakes are, are not the worst thing in the in the world because we learned from it. We tried. We didn't know any better. How do you distinguish between like a good lesson learned and oh, that was a mistake? Trying anything is if if you sit down at in advance and you say, okay, this sounds like a good idea. Let's try it. And you try it and it doesn't work. That's a lesson learned. It's not a mistake. It, it's, it's, it's an error in judgment if you wish, but it's a learning experience. Uh, you're learning that doesn't work. Uh, by the same token, when you try something and it works, we'll push it. Okay. You're, so what you're doing is you're, you're learning and it changes. What, what, what didn't work, what worked last year may not be working this year. Okay. Um, the, the world's changed. I mean, I, I had a fr- friend of mine, Frank Rumbuskis, uh, wrote a book on cold calling sucks. Okay. Uh, and it does, it doesn't work yeah, anymore. I, agree. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the times change 30 years ago, cold calling worked. It doesn't work today. So, these are, you've got to, you've got to try things. You've got to learn from your mistakes. Uh, you've got to learn from your successes and you've got to keep trying things. Okay. Keep trying things because the world changes. You got to keep on top of what's going on in the marketplace and how things are working. Uh, we just had a major change for us that it's probably not even on your uh, horizon. Um, Intuit is killing their own payroll and moving, trying to move everybody to QuickBooks Pay. Uh, that's tens of thousands of people who are using it to service their clients that don't want to go to QuickBooks. So we got a whole new, we got a whole push that we're getting ready to, to roll out here in the next few days, few weeks to go after that, uh, that, that whole thing. It changes. Um, the, the payroll scandals from last year have changed things. Uh, there were several that were embezzling money and, and uh, you know, buying private airplanes and other things. And it's caused some disruptions with the banks and with my banks and ACH facilities uh, that we're working through. Uh, they've gotten a little stiffer about things and probably properly so. We're not concerned, but it makes our life more difficult. Uh, you know, dealing with banks is never easy. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're, you, you got to keep on top of stuff. And, and in marketing, uh, it changes. Yeah. And there's the need to adapt and tax laws are changing and, and being updated. And that's another wow. reason to make sure you have some experts um, yeah, if, helping if, you out. Yeah, uh, 70% of all federal revenue, U.S. federal revenue, comes through the payroll system, either in tax withholdings or tax employment taxes uh, and so on. Uh, you, most of the child support in this country runs through payroll. Uh, so every time people are changing things to increase revenue, enhance child support, uh, other things, and it's, you know, a lot of locals are, are looking at, in, at payroll and income as a way to raise taxes. I mean, in Philadelphia, the school district taxes income. The school district, uh, city taxes in Indianapolis, uh, Kansas City, New York. Uh, you know, they started, they really got into that. You know, when the football players go up there, they charge them income tax on that game. Uh, so it it changes. Uh, I, I get the trades. I get I get five newsletters a week from the Internal Revenue Service on this, different aspects of taxation. So uh, I, I think my favorite analogy, when I grew up, Pele 
was the world's best soccer player. Okay, a Messi or a Beckman of today. And he was a superb athlete, Brazilian. But if you would take him and stick him in a New York Yankees uniform and put him at second base, he'd be lost. Right. He'd still be a great athlete. Right. But he'd be lost. Doesn't know doesn't, the game, the field, Doesn't mean the rules. he could hit it. Hitting a curveball could lie. No, he wouldn't even know what a curveball looked like. He'd go, what the hell is that? So a businessman who's successful, he's a contractor, a mechanic, a dog groomer, a, a tailor, uh, a butcher, whatever, a farmer. It doesn't matter. He's good at what he does or he, he'd be out of business, right? Mm -hmm. So he's an expert at what he does. He's not a payroll expert. He's not a tax expert. That's what I am. And, and people like me and other CPAs. That's what we do for a living. We're experts at it. I read all this stuff. I get all the trades. I study it, okay? <laughs> uh, a lot of it's a cure for insomnia, but I still study it. <laughs> Extra cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, so not to outsource that, not to use experts. It's the mistake I made with marketing. I didn't use an expert at it. I thought I could do it myself. And yeah. that's what a lot of business people do with taxes and payroll is they think, you know, it's a paycheck, right? Nah, there's a whole body of law there that, that you don't even think about or know about. You right. don't, and we'll go back to where we started. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But there's a lot in this book, the payroll book, that will explain that. Yes. Not That's, as a replacement for you necessarily, but no. as a good introduction or people who can't afford a CPA um, the book is, and that's what it's, helpful, that's what it's written right? for. It's yeah. it's written to 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 help you go through some of those things, understand some of those things, realize some of the things you don't know, uh, give you ideas, help. It's thirty years of experience distilled down to ninety five thousand words. We're getting great pages. reviews on yeah, we're getting great reviews on Amazon. So, okay. Well, maybe it's just as a, a final thing, just to close the loop, you know, the story. That you told Charles, and thank you again for sharing that. Um, I, I the other CPA that I had on the podcast, uh, Pam Hopman, who's in Arizona. Her favorite mistake was also on the theme of trying to do it all herself. Now I know two data points is necessarily not a trend, and I'm not going to draw the conclusion that all CPAs try to do it themselves. But I guess it goes to show that for a, a business person in any setting, there is the risk of falling into that trap. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I've been dealing with small businesses for 30 years uh, as, as a business owner and dealing with others. Um, before that, I was in other businesses. Um, and it's not uncommon. Um, you know, the, these are, these are smart people. These are, they have discipline, they have skills, they, they're successful. And it's easy when you're successful in one thing to think you'll be successful in everything. Uh, I learned the hard way, <laughs> but I learned. Well, um, and and with the passage of time, I'm glad you, you can laugh about it and, and share it with us here. <laughs> it's either laugh um, or cry. One of the two, uh, <laughs> I'd rather laugh. Good. Um, so Charles Reed, again, he's the president and CEO of Get Payroll. You can find their website at getpayroll.com. And in the show notes, I'll link to the book, uh, the payroll book, A Guide for Small Businesses and Startups. So Charles, thank you. I, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't expect, you know, I wasn't dreading this because you know, I wasn't going to expect a CPA to be dry, even though you painted with that broad brush. <laughs> 
But thank you. Thank you for being a great guest. Mark, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Like, no, no, that was good. (laughs) Thanks again. Well, thanks again to Charles Reed for being our guest today. For more information about him and his company and more, look for links in the show notes. Or again, you can go to markgraven.com slash mistake 142. As always, I want to thank you for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to reflect on your own mistakes, how you can learn from them or turn them into a positive. I've had listeners tell me they started being more open and honest about mistakes in their work. And they're trying to create a workplace culture where it's safe to speak up about problems because that leads to more improvement and better business results. If you have feedback or a story to share, you can email me, myfavoritemistakepodcast at gmail.com. And again, our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com.